The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Scott Chu. Yo, everybody, and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. My name is, of course, Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. Today is June 30th, and we are going to talk about some baseball. We'll start with injuries and transactions. Ronald Acuna Jr. missed another game due to his foot injury. He's still considered day-to-day and doesn't look like he's going to hit the IL quite yet. Red Sox manager Alex Cora indicated that Garrett Whitlock will return to the bullpen when he returns from the IL. Seiya Suzuki is expected to begin a rehab assignment today. Hopefully he'll be back sometime soon. Nick Lodolo, the Reds pitching prospect, is expected to rejoin the rotation Monday or Tuesday. Herman Marquez left his start Wednesday with a cut on his thumb. Michael Pineda looks to be activated to start against the Royals on Friday for the Tigers, so if you were waiting on him, you can get him back in your lineup. After the ugly collision between Jeremy Pena and your Jordan Alvarez of the of the Astros both are being checked for a concussion so more on that is it you know as we learn more Mookie Betts is expected to return in some capacity before the all-star break though manager Dave Roberts suggested that he may just be a DH for a little while until he can really fully heal up Jazz Hizom Jr. hit the IL with back discomfort we'll have more on that as it develops teammate Jorge Soler also missed a start with back discomfort but he was not placed on the IL like Jazz. Roldis Chapman is expected to make his return Friday, which will likely put him back as the closer with Clay Holmes as more of a fireman. I'll talk about more about him later. And then Bryce Harper had surgery on his injured thumb. He's going to miss six to eight weeks. You can check out the hitter list, which came out last night to see how I rank him for the rest of the season. For the hitting action from yesterday, if you want to know more, you can look at the batter's box on the site written today by Dave Swan. I'll go through a couple here. Brian Reynolds went three for five with three home runs and six RBI. He appears to have broken out of whatever slump he was in earlier this season. June was already going well for Reynolds before this explosion, which put him at eight home runs and 19 RBI on the month. And he also has a 337 batting average. Rowdy Telez went two for four with two home runs for the Brewers. The first of these home runs came off a lefty, which is somewhat surprising, and Rowdy's play discipline of late has improved dramatically. He's actually having more walks than strikeouts lately. He feels a lot like a 25 to 30 home run hitter with a low to okay batting average, who's probably best deployed in fantasy as a platoon guy, but... You should also note that I'm one of the lower rankers on Rowdy Telez based on how many folks just ask me about him and why I don't rank him higher. So uh, take that uh, as you will. Alex Kirilov for the Twins went 
three for four with a double, a home run, and two RBI. He's hitting 325 and slugging 525 since his recall on June 17th with 12 RBI and six extra base hits in those 12 appearances. Kirilov should play most days now, especially with Larnak on the IL, and is hitting near the middle of the order, so he's good as bet as anyone to provide some power and batting average in the short term as we wait to see how long he can keep this up. Josh Bell went 3-for-3 with two doubles, two runs scored, and two walks. Got on base five times in this one. I recently moved him on the hitter list to the number 35 overall hitter, sandwiched between Matt Olson and Jose Abreu, if that gives you some idea of how much I like what Josh Bell's doing right now. And in OBP leagues, I'd probably move him up a whole tier. This is a guy with excellent control of the strike zone. Speaking of control of the strike zone, we also got to talk about Steven Kwan for the Guardians. He went 3-for-4 with a double, three-run score, a walk, and a stolen base. And slap hitter's going to slap, folks. If you're short on batting average or OBP and you missed out on Jeff McNeil and Luis Arias and those other guys that came up, you're probably going to be looking for a guy like Quan or maybe even Nico Horner. Quan has some tougher matchups against the Yankees over the weekend, but next week draws four games against the Tigers and a series against the Royals right after, so he's worth a grab in most leagues where you need some contact, or if you're in a points league, I think that he's going to be a great play for the short term coming up. As for the starting pitching action from yesterday, of course, more on this on the site in Nick's SP Roundup. Mike Clevenger against the Diamondbacks went six innings pitch with zero and runs, one hit, one walk, six strikeouts, 14 whiffs, only needed 86 pitches to do it. It's great to see Clevenger look like a potential top 25 starter in a game when he really ought to look like one. The velocity was good. The command was good enough. And Clevenger looks to be riding high right now. Justin Verlander of the Astros went against the Mets. He got the win in eight innings pitch, no earned runs, two hits, one walk, six strikeouts, 101 pitches. And honestly, I'm just never going to doubt him again. I don't care if he's hurt. Whenever he comes back, he deserves to start because until he decides to retire, I just assume that he is a, a cyborg built to pitch. Uh, Shohei Otani of the Angels, of course, the talk of the world right now. He went against the White Sox. He got the win on 5.2 innings pitch, no earned runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, 11 strikeouts. And quite frankly, Shohei Otani is the greatest player of a generation. You need to watch him every day. This guy is unbelievable. He does it all. uh, And I'm not really interested in arguments to the contrary. Alec Manoa of the Blue Jays went against the Red Sox. It's no decision, but he still went seven innings pitch, two earned runs, six hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. And really, the slider wasn't the whiff generator it usually was, but it didn't really matter here. And the athletics are next on the docket. And I'd expect a very strong outing because sometimes analysis isn't very hard, and you just can assume that Alec Manoa will do well against the athletics. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I bet I'm not. Nick Pavetta of those same Red Sox was against those Blue Jays. He went six innings pitch with two earned runs, five hits, three walks, five strikeouts, but 15 whiffs. Command issues have plagued Pavetta for as long as time has been, but there's some signs the last few weeks that he might actually know where the ball's going right now. Keep starting him until you no longer feel that way, because right now it's just quite electric the way he's, you know, the way he's pitching. And then Michael Kopech of the White Sox was against Joey Otani. He went 5.1 innings pitch with three earned runs, five hits, two walks, six strikeouts, which sounds fine. But man, as I watch Kopech with that 93 to 94 mile per hour fastball, I just can't shake the feeling that he's getting away with this rather than finding ways to be effective. So if you're in a league and you're looking for a trade, this is definitely a guy that I'm dangling all over the place. I just have no confidence in Michael Kopech as a sub-95 mile-an-hour pitcher in the long term. Relief pitching performances from yesterday. You can learn more about these on the site, on the reliever ranks. But until then, first news was that all nine actual saves from Wednesday came with no runs allowed. A bunch of clean saves there. There were some blown saves, but the people who actually got a save did so cleanly. David Bednar was unavailable again last night. Just wanted to add that it looks like he's going to miss a trip to the IL, but keep a close eye on that team and the news to see if he'll be available on any particular day. 
Ryan Presley, who did pick up a save, now has two consecutive clean outings, and more importantly, his velocity has been above 95 miles an hour. A solid one to two ticks above where he'd been previously this season that gives me a lot of confidence in Ryan Presley. Will Smith got the save for Atlanta after A.J. Minter picked up the save the day before. I do think both are going to get saves. That makes both of them tough to roster in a 10 or a 12-teamer, unless you're pretty desperate for saves and need everyone that you can get. Matt Strom threw 41 pitches to earn the win for the Red Sox. And John Schreiber's pitched two somewhat easy days in a row, so I wanted to call out that Jake Diekman is likely to get some work today, could vulture a save, and then Clay Holmes picked up what might have been his last of his Two saves as a closer for the Yankees with Chapman returning on Friday. I would probably still hold on to Clay Holmes, though, in a lot of leagues. I just think that there's a lot of great stats there. The ERA, the strikeouts, uh, the whip, all of it's good. And I do think he'll get some wins and vulture saves. So he's really worth holding on to. He's just an elite relief pitcher right now. Now, before we look at the day ahead, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show and we are back just in time to get the weather from our good friend Mark. Mark, take it away. Thank you very much. Well, the quiet stretch of weather that seemingly has been going on for weeks will continue today on a relatively light schedule for, well, for any day, but for Thursday, it's obviously travel day before you start the weekend series. But yeah, there should be no issues with rain anywhere, no delay concerns, no postponement concerns. So play everyone you got and have some fun. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mark. We always appreciate your input. A real quick look at the streamers coming up for today. As far as starting pitching is concerned, I'm looking at Graham Ashcraft. He's been a boomer bust pitcher for the Reds, but he throws hard and has wicked movement, especially on that cutter. I think it's more than enough to beat up on the Chicago Cubs right now. I'll also go out on a limb and suggest JT Brubaker of the Pirates against a Brewers team that's just really struggled to score runs in June. As far as hitting is concerned, I'm definitely looking at the Rays against Yusei Kikuchi, who's you know prone to being blown up at any time. The Reds against Kyle Hendricks for really the exact same reason. And quite frankly, that's my strategy all the time when I'm looking for streamers. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening today. We hope you had a great time. If you want to learn more about baseball, just check out the site, PitcherList.com. We've got the SB Roundup. We've got the Batters Box. We've got Reliever Ranks. We've got Going Deeps. We've got everything you possibly want to know to win your Fantasy Baseball League or just enjoy baseball more than you do today. So please check that out. Again, my name is Scott Chu. You can find me on Twitter at IfTheChewFits. And have a great rest of your day. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.